The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers. When we're talking about the righteousness of God, we're talking about the ability to stand in God's presence without any sense of guilt or condemnation or inferiority. And when a person has sin consciousness, he or she are eager to involve themselves in religious activity. The tendency is that if I do enough work, I'll be all right with God. So sin consciousness destroys faith. And without faith, you cannot please God. When you make up your mind you're going to live by faith, you have just made up your mind to walk with God. Amen. And if you're going to walk with Him and fellowship with Him, you're going to have to hear Him. So you don't have any problem with faith. What you have a problem with is righteousness. You have a problem with fellowship. Because once righteousness and fellowship comes, faith flows. God wants to walk with you again, talk with you again, tell you things again, teach you again. You've got to see this because if you could hear God, one word from God can change your whole life. In terms of hearing the voice of God and walking with God, that we said that uh, once um, Adam um, was in the garden and Adam walked and talked with God and as a result of the sin of Adam, Adam lost that relationship with God. As a matter of fact, he went from revelation to information. He went from a relationship to religion. He had um, uh, ear at first to hear God and now those uh, channels had been blocked and the enemy was busy talking to him. And condemnation came in on Adam, and through all of this, uh, sin consciousness developed and a sense of inferiority. Now, God is coming through Jesus, and Jesus is coming to reestablish the connection with God because we were never meant to be disconnected from God. All right, so now, as we look at this, this connection that we're talking about is not just a relationship, but it's going further than that. It's fellowship, that God wants us to have fellowship with himself, with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Genesis chapter 11. Okay, look what it said in verse 1, and the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there, and they said one to another, Go to, and let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime they had for mortar. So they made bricks back in those days, way back there, a few thousand years ago. And they said, Go to, and let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach into heaven, and let us make us a name. So what kind of name they were trying to make there? themselves a name. Blessed be we scattered abroad uh, upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. 
And this they begin to do, and now nothing shall be restrained from them, which what? They have imagined to do. Now, what this is giving you is a glimpse of your potential without God. That's why a person without God is a dangerous somebody if they ever tap into their potential. See? And the enemy tries, of course, he tries to use that because he's a little bit aware of the potential that's in us. Now, when we say potential, we mean dormant ability. We mean reserve power. We mean something uh, that is untapped strength. We're talking about something that's laying below its full capacity or full strength. That's your potential. So these people were building a tower up to heaven without God. And God had to come down and stop it because he said nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Now, I'm going to give you a contrast. Think what you could do if you and God got together. Let's just think about this. Coming over here. Coming over to, uh, to Ephesians chapter 3, please. Verse 20. Now unto him that is able. <laughs> Come on. To do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or imagine according to the power that worketh in us. Now, what did Jesus come to do? He first came to show us who we really are. Now, let's go back to old scripture, back to Matthew's gospel, chapter 16. We're talking about hearing the voice of God. We're talking about hearing the voice of God. But see, when God speaks to you, you got to receive what he said. You got to believe what he said. Look what it says here, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? That says, some said, John the Baptist, some Elias, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, well, who do you say that I am? Watch this. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the who? Christ, come on, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed art thou, Simon Borjona, for flesh and blood, come on, has not revealed this to thee, but who? My Father, come on, which is in heaven. Now, who revealed this to Peter? God. So who revealed to Peter who Jesus is? My point of it is, for you to get a revelation of who you are in God, God must reveal it to you. You can't know who you are without God telling you who you are. Now, this, this is, this is I, I want you to stay with me, that we're talking about walking with God because 
in this last day, we're going to be walking with God. But the potential that we got is huge. Now, it's, being, it's lying dormant, but God not only wants you to operate, He doesn't want you to operate without Him. Because without him, the enemy will use it and you'll use up, end up using that potential for good, for evil instead of for good. So God wants you to come back in him and for him to have a part in exposing who you really are. For him to have a part in giving you a revelation of who you are and what's been given to you. Because it is in you. You know, God doesn't want you to go anywhere without him going with you. I mean, you got to learn to totally depend on God. Look what it says here in verse uh, 14. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from where? Above, but it's what? Earthly, sensual, and devilish. So there is a wisdom that is not from above. And it's the wisdom of the devil. Now the devil does not want you to know who you are. Because once you accept who you are from God, it will move you into a fellowship that, glory to God, Turn to Judges chapter 6, verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord. Now understand, Israel was under, they were being robbed, cheated, and under bondage, really. Because the Midianites were just, and the Amalekites were just taking them over. It says, uh, under the oak which was at Oprah, that pertained to Joash, the Abyssalite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said to him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. So as you're hearing the voice of God, God is going to speak to you in a way that will bring you forward into a reality that will expose who you really are according to his book. Now, the tendency is that we don't want to move forward because we feel we can't quite do that. And that cap was placed on our well back when Adam sinned. And the enemy has ever since been trying to hide things to not let us know what capacity we have. And because we had not the Spirit of God, we couldn't really get to the truth of God. Remember what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that, that, that it's through the Spirit of God that you know all things that are freely given to you by God. So now I got to walk with God. But if I'm going to walk with God, he's going to be forever getting glory. Stay with me, stay with me now. I'm just, I'm trying to bring this down. 
going to be forever exposing his nature. He's going to be forever leading you into a place of something you can't do. See? And he knows you can't do it, not with the knowledge you have. But if you can hook into him and depend on him and lean on him, come on, and trust him that he's not trying to do you harm, but he's trying to do you good, then that environment that you go into, even sometimes when the devil meant it for bad, God will expose a little more of who you are and who he is. So he's forever bringing us into a greater relationship with himself by exposing more of who we are in him. Oh, Lord, have mercy. All right, look what it says here in in, in Judges chapter 6. And Gideon said, verse 13, Oh, Lord, now he called him a mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then has all this befallen us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us unto the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I what? Sent thee. That means I'm going what? I'm going with you. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is what? Poor in Manasseh. And I am what? The least, meaning that I'm the least thought of in my whole family. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites, come on, as what? One man. Turn over to 1 Samuel and chapter 14. 1 Samuel chapter 14. Now what I want to show you is you have been hearing the voice of God, but you've been blocking it out. You've been blocking that voice out. That voice has been telling you, come on, my mighty woman of valor, my mighty man of valor. Come on, do this. Come on, do that. I want you to do that. I want you to, and, and, and some, we've been stepping back on God because we've been looking at our natural face in a natural mirror and thinking about all the past that we have and looking at our friends and our relatives and our family and comparing ourselves with ourselves. Instead of hearing the voice of God and accepting that as truth. Verse Samuel chapter 14, have you got it? Verse 6, and Jonathan said to the young man that bear his armor, come and let us go over unto the garrison of this uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Now, what in the world does that mean? All right, let's see, find out what it means. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, because you all will give me a whole lot of answers here, and I'm not sure any of them. 1 Samuel chapter 17, let me know when you get there. 
All right, this is when Goliath was fighting the armies of Israel. Israel was in a foxhole, dug out, scared, and, and, and so forth. But here comes a young man up to the front line named David. David was about 17 years old. And he came on up, and they finally gave him a privilege of fighting this giant. Look at verse 44. And the Philistines came and said, Come to me, and I'm going to give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, You come unto me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I'm coming to you, come on, in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God, come on, of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. Now I want you to hear this. And I will what? Smite thee. That means I'm going to kill you. He looked the man in the face and said, I'm going to kill you. And then, watch this. I'm going to take your head off. I'm going to kill you, then I'm going to cut your head off. This is a 17-year-old boy. And I will give your carcass of the host of the Philistines this day, the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the father there. Now he just said, I'm going to give the corpse, I'm going to give the bodies of that whole army that's standing behind you to the buzzards and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know, come on, that there is, come on, a God in Israel. See, part of your purpose is to expose to the world that there is a God in Israel. So he's going to lead you into a fight that it wasn't ever meant, listen here, for you to win without the God of Israel. Well, I left my notes. You better, boy, that devil better be glad I left. What? He was showing me all the places where God, they were in a situation that was too big for them, too much for them. Uh, you follow what I'm saying? But each time, God was exposing a little bit more of who you are and who he is. Because part of our job is to glorify him. That's why you come into there. That's part of your purpose. It's to glorify God. So now he's leading you into a fight that in the natural you can't win. But look at the relationship. I didn't say fellowship. I said relationship because he was under the old covenant. You got a better covenant where God is not just with you. He is in you. you and he's ready for you to talk big. Talk big. Don't be trying to shrink back and go back into that old low self-esteem. Come up up higher where God has called you to walk. Esteem, esteem. I looked up the word esteem, and this, <laughs> this is what I got. 
to set value on, whether high or low, to compare value. Glory to God. And that was some more up here, but I can't see it down here. All right. Now, so I said, Lord, how do we get our esteem up? He said, well, you have to get it up through revelation. And I said, well, now show me some. He said, all right, just take, for example, many people have low self-esteem and they don't think their value is very much. He said, let's go to a couple of scriptures. I said, all right, now I'm fellowshipping. I said, I'm fellowshipping now. See, when you get up in the morning, when you first open your eyes, yeah, when you first open your eyes, I mean, think about God's about to say something to you. Just don't be so quick to get up and, you know, stand up. Just lay there for just a few minutes. Try to listen and see, can you hear the voice of God? I'm talking now. I'm talking out of the spirit now. I said, baby, God just talked to me. I, I said, what? Well, he, he said, he was talking to me about the Sabbath day. He said, this, the, there's a reason for the Sabbath. And, and I said, oh, okay, all right. I said, you know, uh, that, now just help me with that, Lord, because I, I want to I really understand that. He said, well, turn with me uh, to... Hold on, glory to God. Exodus 31. See, I'm talking about we're under a better covenant. If a man could give that kind of statement under the old covenant, how much more can you under a fellowship with God? See, fellowship is a perfect relationship. Y'all get this, y'all get this. Okay, look what it says here. This is, this is uh, 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 God talking to Moses. Verse 17 of, of Exodus chapter 32. Have you got it? 31, 31. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. And on the seventh day he rested, come on, and was, come on, refreshed. He said, William, not only are you going to get rest on the Sabbath. See, he knows that if he just lets me work, I'll just keep working and working. So he's got to put some boundaries on me here. He said, the Sabbath, you need one day to get rested. But not only rested, come on, refresh. And, and he said, now, you know what I mean by refresh? I said, no, what do you mean? He said, you know the vision I gave you? I said, yeah. He said, you know you get so busy until it starts getting blurry. But on the Sabbath, it gets refreshed. Well, I trust that you are blessed by this powerful teaching. Today's message, Hearing the Voice of God, is a part of a four-disc series. Now, here's a very important point you want to remember. 
You cannot know who you are without God telling you who you are. You know, you don't even know your purpose without God giving you your purpose. Your potential, you don't know that unless God shows it to you. In other words, your potential is just merely hidden abilities, something hidden deep within you. The potential of an acorn is right in that acorn. It's got a tree in there. It's got leaves in there. It's got a limb in there. And not only that, you plant the seeds that it produces and it gives more trees. So it's got a forest within one acorn. The same thing about you. I'm talking about the potential that's in you. (laughs) It's indescribable. So I'm saying to you now that there's an ability inside of you that God wants to tap into, and it is awesome. Praise God. Well, our announcer is going to give you some important information on how you can order this powerful set of teachings on hearing the voice of God, and I'll be right back. When we're talking about the righteousness of God, we're talking about the ability to stand in God's presence without any sense of guilt or condemnation or inferiority. And when a person has sin consciousness, he or she are eager to involve themselves in religious activity. The tendency is that if I do enough work, I'll be all right with God. So sin consciousness destroys faith. And without faith, you cannot please God. When you make up your mind you're going to live by faith, you have just made up your mind to walk with God. And if you're going to walk with Him and fellowship with Him, you're going to have to hear Him. So you don't have any problem with faith. What you have a problem with is righteousness. You have a problem with fellowship. Because once righteousness and fellowship comes, faith flows. God wants to walk with you again, talk with you again, tell you things again, teach you again. You've got to see this because if you could hear God, one word from God can change your whole life. One word from God can change your whole life when you develop your spirit to hear God's voice in Pastor Winston's powerful four-disc teaching series, Hearing the Voice of God. To order this dynamic teaching on CD or MP3, on DVD or MP4, contact us online at BillWinston.org. You can also call us at 1-800-711-9327. Well, hello. I have written a new book. It's called Revelation of Royalty. Now, this book was written because many Christians have not been receiving the divine inheritance because they really don't know their identity in Christ Jesus. They really don't know who they are. I'm talking about in the eyes of God, not talking about uh, your relatives or, or the boss man or whatever, but who you are in the eyes of God, because your image affects everything. It affects how high you climb. It affects how rich you become. It affects all of that. And nobody really can affect that but you. Now, what we do is we allow other people to call us names or put us in certain positions, and we take on that identity. But God is telling you who you really are. He sees you as royalty. He sees you as one of His family. It is the richest and wealthiest family that has ever been known uh, to mankind. You are in that family if you're born again. Now, this book will help you. It'll help you identify who you are, 
what you have, and how to get it. We have been missing out on our inheritance, and that's wrong. We want you to get what God says is yours. The first step to it, change your image. Go and understand who God says you are and be that. Praise God. Well, this is Bill Winston saying we love you and keep walking by faith.